Welcome to another episode of Chica, We Got This. This is a podcast for Latinas by Latinas. And what I mean by Latinas, I genuinely mean it. It used to be by a Latina. And now with the Latina follow train, it has gone crazy. It has changed so much. And now I have genuine Latinas in my podcast. And I'm so, so blessed. I'm still shook. My, my mind and body have not registered this. And you best believe my ancestors are shaking in their beds right now. But I am so excited to have my girlies on here. Today I have Amy. She is all the way from Tennessee because the only the 10 I see. So I'm so excited to have her here. And we are going to talk a little more about each other. And we're going to dive into just what we're into, um, what has gotten us to this point in our lives, what has helped us grow, what is putting us back, what um, is putting us back in our own culture. And we're just going to dive into topics that us Latinas are very interested in. And make sure to follow our girl on TikTok, A-M-S-E-X-T-O-N underscore and Sexton underscore. So give her a follow and give me a follow as well so you can stay updated with all these incredible things that are happening at chica we got this underscore pod on instagram as well as tiktok so let's get on to this amy thank you for being here you look beautiful i'm so happy that you're here you're number two i'm so blessed so thank you for booking i appreciate it was it an easy like booking stuff Hey, Prima. Yes, it was so easy to book. And I love the fact that I'm number two because that's my lucky number. So we see the way being like, yes, soy. This is easy. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you believe in like angel numbers and stuff like that? See, Prima. And I've been seeing a lot of 111, 333, and 444. So I need to Google that to see what it means. But I'll like, I know that algo muy bien is coming. Something yes, good is coming in the air. Are coming. One 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 and three 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 were huge for me. And I think what got what was signaling me that this is gonna happen and like where I am today is is gonna be a reality is I had seen one two three four everywhere, one two three four everywhere, and it got to the point where my paycheck one time I had one two three four and I was like, girl. And then my my bank account automatically saves me some money to my like to like my savings. And it was one, two, three. I was like, this ain't this is Mm -hmm. is, I'm shook. I'm shook. But I'm so blessed to have you here. And I would love to know more about you. So give me a little background. Where were you born? Where did you go? Where are you now? Do you have any kids, any boyfriends, any husbands? What's up? Yes, Prima, let's get into the cheese, man. Let's get into the good part. (laughs) Um, Yes, so I am from Tennessee. I was born and raised a little bit in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, My mommy's in Mexico. My papi's in Guatemala. They came to the United States. My dad came when he was, I think, four years old. My mom came when she was 16. Um, they met in Atlanta, Georgia. There's their love story. Their divorce is not a love story, but I used that. I used that. <laughs> but I'll, um, we moved to Tennessee to be closer to my family, to be closer to my tia, and so you know, we still también. And I've been here ever since. It's been in a very painful, growing experience being raised in the South. Um, you know, it's a predominantly white area, but I think I learned some very valuable things. I definitely would have not gotten anywhere else. Um, I grew up, obviously, at Kia Soy. I went to school. I got a degree in hospitality and tourism. I love hotels, but I do marketing now. I actually do social media management for a big global company. I oversee um, the United States and Canada. So I'm busy. So I have a handle company. If you're listening, your girl's working. Oh, <laughs> and then um, I am married. I have a incredible husband who is an American. So that's why my, la- my last name is Sexton. Everybody thinks I'm a, a white lady until they see me. <laughs> and then oh my gosh. Tengo, I know, right? Tengo dos niños también. So there's, there's a quick cheese, a quick mm-hmm. rundown. 
Yes, that's awesome. I actually came from Georgia. So uh, I'm an ATL girl. And um, have you been? Yes, I have a lot of family in Atlanta. They all lived in Marietta, the Wendy Hill exit. If you know, of you know. Of course, Ma- right? <laughs> yes, yes, Marietta. I did a little semester over there. Um, I think it was Gwinnett, Gwinnett Community College. I did a semester and I love it. I love it. All my Hispanics are in Marietta and Lawrenceville and everything. So that's awesome. So let me ask you something. Um, what got you to like hop on this? What got you to put yourself out there? It's it's a very vulnerable thing to do. So what what what, what little voice in your head said, go for it? For me, I know this sounds really silly. And I think as all Latinas, all of us can relate is that we grew up in a society where we didn't really see ourselves on TV. Like we did, you know, on Univision and Telemundo and channels that were made for us. For those of us that were growing up in the U.S., we weren't represented. We didn't see us. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's a small platform like TikTok, being in this Latina follow train, seeing my feed look nothing but people that look like me and talk like me and that are me, made me realize like, this is important. It's just as simple as just, you know, a get ready with me, but there's someone, some there, someone somewhere that needs to see that, that needs to be like, they look like me because growing up in the South, I've been in the room one too many times where I was the only Brown person in the room. Dang girl, you're trailblazing out here. Uh, Yeah. I mean, we're breaking all of it generational barriers like yes estamos like they don't realize yeah. we're not represented enough exactly exactly so we're both doing some crazy things well to our ancestors it'd be crazy but right now we're just doing things that um our generation does and um requires quite you know so yeah we're doing it we're doing it and we're doing great we're doing great. Let me tell you that. So um, I would love to know kind of what was it like growing up like Latina for you? What was something that kind of um, maybe something you remember that kind of made you rem- remind yourself or face the fact that you're Latina? Because a lot of us are like, no, I just don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to even like partake in my culture. Like I'm over it. Can I just go to this party? Everyone on there is just going to talk BS about me. You know, what kind of made you accept who you are? You know, coming, coming back to the South. And if you're listening to this, it's not worth being traumatized. Go elsewhere. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) At one point growing up, the only Hispanos in the school were me, my hermana, and my prima. And so growing up, there was always that weird, right? I know. Growing up, it was always, I knew I didn't fit in. So I always tried my hardest to like dissimilate. Is that how you say it? Is it como de dice? Mm -hmm. Disassociate. Yes. I didn't want to. (laughs) I was, and we all talk about it. We were embarrassed to be Hispanos. We're embarrassed to have our dark hair and our dark skin. And, you know, why do you eat like that? I, re- I have this memory in seventh grade. Um, someone, I, I think every state is different. In Tennessee, they're the TCATs. There's those state tests you have to do. And mine said oh. Hispanic. And this girl goes, what does that even mean? And I was so embarrassed. I told her, I don't know. I and don't know. so finally, you know, I went to church I was with people that were my culture, but like, that's only a small portion of your life that you're with these people. Every other time, like college, high school, middle school, all my friends are white. I'm the only brown person. And then I am Mm -hmm. a white passing Latina from the end. So like, I don't look as brown as everybody else, but I still feel out of place. And they would still make me feel out of place when they're super thin. And I'm not because us Latinas, we have curves, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I have hips, I have boobs, but I don't fit, you know, it just always felt different. And I remember just one day being like, I've just had enough. I should embrace the fact that I'm different. I should embrace the fact that I have this beautiful culture and this beautiful music and that I am different. Why am I trying to hide this 
to fit in with these people that in the first place don't even want you. And not saying that Mm -hmm. like, you know, my friends were racist or anything because they weren't. But as sometimes looking at white society, they don't want us. They're mean to us. Look at, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom was illegal for most of my life. My papi, you know, he had his papeles and everything. But just seeing how like people in the community would talk about immigrants and even the like things kids would say to me, because you know, they're getting that hatred from their house. I was like, they don't even want Mm -hmm. me. So if you don't want me, then I'm going to embrace who I am. And in a community where I feel loved and, you know, even as an adult now, I'm 27 years old, I'm very fortunate to work for a global company that celebrates diversity. And so even on my, when I first joined this company, I started on this team, I had somebody who was another Hispana on the team and I got promoted. I moved to a different department and in my department, my team is all in Nicaragua. And I love it because I get in these meetings, we're speaking Spanish, we're laughing, we're joking. And I was like, this, this is where I need to be. These people celebrating our culture. And like, I, I'm a Pisces moon, I'm about to cry, but like, I just feel like I belong. And it's like, I spent so long trying to fit in white society. It's like, no, we need to sit here and embrace who we are and celebrate it. Why are we hiding it? Yes, yes. Why? It's so beautiful. They just and and you're just sitting there seeing like, oh, they just they take our food. That's all they want. That's all you want from me is is the food. And and then you want the women and you don't even embrace where the women come from, what they're made of, what what values they have. You know, it's 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 kind of sad to see how like I, I moved to the States when I was 16 and I moved to Georgia and I moved to coming Georgia and you best believe coming Georgia is not Hispanic. It has mm-hmm. a big community, but it's, it's like hiding. We all met at church. Ahí tú los ves. Ahí están mm-hmm. todos juntos. Pero out of, outside of that box, you're not going to see them. You're not going to see them in my high school. There was a tiny little Hispanic group, very small. In my own class, I didn't see anyone. But it's just crazy to to be walking around these halls and being like, why do I even myself feel like make myself feel like I don't deserve to be here? Like, this is not my space. Like, I have to be different. When everyone else walks around here and feels and owns themselves and feels like, okay, I am this person. Accept it. Done. No, I have to be like, I'm this person, but I, I have to push harder for you to see me the way I see myself, you know? So it is a struggle. It's a struggle bus. And we're all on this struggle train, but thankfully we're all on the train together. So yes. um, if anyone tries to, to push us down, honey, this, it's too heavy up in here. Nothing's moving nothing's moving we're moving forward you can keep stay in that station hoping that we're gonna budge no not anymore not anymore that's over with so that's what we're doing here is breaking these generational curses do you know of one that you're like i'm so sick and tired of my own culture my own people my own family doing this or that because i know that I think I did a TikTok the other day and I was like <laughs> telling, um, uh, what was it? I was like saying something about depression and they were like, and, and my family was like, what is that? What, what's depression? What's, I don't get it. And now that I'm opening up to my mom a little more, I'm like telling her about all these incredible things I learned in psychology of like mental health and, and, and all this. So from my side, I know that um, I'm trying to break the curse of all these um, of just being ignorant to the fact that these are, you know, things that can be taken care of and can be healed. So is there something that you can think of? Yeah, you know, I think for me, it's la misma cosa. Growing up with a parent who was illegal and a dad who was present but wasn't present, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was hard. Um, my mom, I will tell you right now, has depression. But she doesn't acknowledge that she has depression because if you're sad, get up and clean. I gotta go get a sip. And cosas así. 
And so I know for me, it was finally, I had like a big mental breakdown when I was in high school and it still was not enough to make them realize that something was wrong. I remember my dad told me he was going to send me to therapy so that I would be embarrassed that something was wrong with me. And, you know, I now have bipolar disorder because if you don't treat your anxiety and depression, it evolves. And that's what happened. It's evolved into a bipolar disorder. And so I'm very open with my mom. And one of the biggest things, and I know this sounds mean, but it's I hold her accountable. And same thing to my dad. And I, I openly tell them, you are not the best parent that you could be. And you did not try hard enough. You know, I have two kids now. And I go and above and beyond to like take care of their mental health and hear them and and not only like respect their boundaries, but teach them to put those boundaries up with us and other people. And that's the biggest thing for me in the Hispano Latino community is like, we need to wake up and realize that like, we as a culture have been through so much, we've been colonized, we've been enslaved, you know, we've been, you know, don't want to get into all the trigger warnings. And it's scientifically proven that you carry that in your blood and your cells. So from generation to generation, we're carrying these wounds. So to sit here and as, as a society and think, oh, we don't have any mental illnesses that doesn't exist. It's just not, it's unreal to me. What do you mean don't exist? We were pillaged and all these terrible things happened. And then my family's from the ranchito, like they grew up with poverty, you know, not always knowing what they're going to have. My mm -hmm. dad has an even sadder story of like his mom brought them to the U.S. because she was dying of ovarian cancer. She used her last days to bring them to the United States because she knew they would die in Guatemala or worse, honestly, there's things worse than death. So it's like, how are you sitting here telling me that this, all this I'm saying that I'm feeling isn't real when I know you feel it too. It's important mm -hmm. to have those open conversations. And I hold them accountable to this day. Like you weren't a present dad. You, you guys didn't try hard enough. Because How is it that I have two kids and I try and I try and I try and I do all these things differently so that they can have a different life. They can have mm -hmm. something better. It's about listening and acknowledging. And I, I hold it. I mean, I just had a conversation with my abuelito también. I was like, I'm going to hold all of you accountable because mm -hmm. you, if you don't get uncomfortable, you can't learn. And I know what makes you uncomfortable and you're in the state of denial, but all like it's it's time that all of us open up and have conversations. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Get it out, girl. Get it oh, out. It's, it's I go to there's a frustration. It is. And yeah. I mean, same thing with I see a psychiatrist and then I just stopped seeing a therapist because I made the decision that I wanted to talk to a Latino therapist because it's when you talk to people that know the culture. It, it's easier mm -hmm. to make sense of because I would talk to her. She'd be like, what do you mean? I'm like, okay. No, I mean, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. I have had so many conversations with my mom that I'm like telling her, you know, as I said, um, I think my last semester was the most impactful because I took this, um, uh, what was it? Um, yeah. <sighs> What was the name of the class? It was like about um, diagnosis and we had to learn kind of what the process is like and actually do a diagnosis. And um, the case that I was given was it hit home because it was literally my mom. It was literally my mom. And I was like, does my mom have bipolar disorder too? Like it would make sense. I'm not a professional. So that's why I was like, mom, I really think you should like look into this. And she's like, yo no estoy enferma. Y yo dije, yo no, I never said you're sick. I never said that. What I'm saying is that there's help for the things that are hard to manage when you're alone. Because don't you wish you had someone that was there for you that could just hear you and kind of explain why you might be crying more often and why when you're really high, it's so amazing and, and so so just you're just so happy and then when you're low you are in the lowest of the pits does it wouldn't it be nice to hear someone tell you that that makes sense that that has a reason you know so I I tried to open up to her about this she was like you know estoy enferma but after you know explaining a little more and showing her I didn't I didn't do all this schooling for no reason 
um mm-hmm. she opened up and she was like okay I might I might just consider that because it would be nice to have someone to hear me out that doesn't know who I am and doesn't um understand like hasn't been there for you know and yo no soy la tu terapeuta eso lo, lo que yo le dije I'm not I'm not I can't be that for you I can't be that for you because I have a bias first of all and second yo lo que tengo son 23 you know soy una profesional so Mm-hmm. it's nice to to have hold them accountable exactly and then when you at least when I did um my mom was like um ah no claro todo todo es culpa mía todo es culpa mm-hmm. mía porque la, porque la que te crié fui yo así que todo es culpa mía así que tú saliste así por mi culpa y yo estoy así porque no, no sé porque no me quieren porque porque no me aceptan como soy es un lío and I just, I, it's not that I don't partake anymore, but I keep my distance to feel safe. So I'm here with you on that, girl. Mental health is something that just needs to be, you know, it's, it's just, we need to unfold that kindly because they are people that were once kids that went through their stuff. They have their trauma. That's why they are the way they are. So mm-hmm. I, I that's why I've learned to treat my mom with a little more kindness and not be so hard on her because it all comes from a trauma that she doesn't want to unfold. A lot of our parents do not want to unfold what they went through. It'd be helpful, mm-hmm. but it's okay. It's up to them. But um, I have seen that um, it's really nice to partake with your parents and kind of do little activities sometimes. Like, um, uh, I tried with my mom, I got a little plush squishmallow as a gift. And I, my mom came to help me move. And she saw the squishmallow. And she was like, I love this. And she hugged it. And she was like, loving up on the squishmallow. And I was like, you want it? And she kept it. And then I saw that she took it to Puerto Rico. And she still had it and I was like mom I don't see you using it like do you want me to take it back like I'm not gonna waste a squishmallow it makes me sleep so well and she's like no I actually use it all the time and she thought I had taken it when I left this past Christmas and she comes back and she was like you left me my squishmallow thank you and I'm like okay I'm glad either you're loving it and and with that interaction of me like kind of just playing with her little like younger self I can see uh, that she's opened up a little more to me and she's like told me a little more stuff and been like I just love a little more love and I love little plushies and so we sat down which is rare for me to sit with my mom and like cuerpo a cuerpo like laying down um and like we were scrolling through amazon trying to find her a cute little squishmallow i don't bond with my mom like that so sometimes we gotta open their inner child to you know help out wherever we can but um i am definitely girl i have so much to say about that topic so much so <laughs> i much. know you do three parts on it by itself <laughs> Yes, right. So what um is something that kind of has helped you keep a balance in your mental health as a Latina? Like, is there some kind of routine that you have or a self-care kind of guide that you follow? Yes. And so I'll give you my bipolar self-routine. But I think it works for anybody. And that is, is you got to make sure you get enough rest. And I know that's the hardest part. That's the part I struggle with the most. No me quiero ir a dormirme, no quiero. I love to be up, but I have a good routine to wind down and to wind up. So cuando me despierto, I get up, I do my face, I make my bed, I clean my room. Um, ya no tomo café. I know that sounds scary, but it was good for me. It was the coffee was yeah. really messing with my hormones. I feel better without it. So instead, what I do is like, I'll pick up around the house and I make sure to get up, you know, this is really my routine before work is I get up an hour and a half before my workday starts so that I have enough time to wake up and I have me time because I'm starting to realize as I get older that time by myself, you know, if it's just like sitting on the couch or just reading a book or even just something that's silly is like scrolling through TikTok. That time Mm -hmm. alone is very, very important. I need a lot of me time. 
especially like tengo un esposo, tengo niños, and they, everybody needs my attention, everybody wants my attention, I want to give them my attention. So that is really important for me to keep my Zen time. And then I just remember to do small things for me. So if I'm at work, I'll get up and I'll take the dog and I'll take her on our lap and it's a good mental break. And then I always, you know, tengo bipolar, it's easy for me to just blow up. And I'm on this journey also to get off my medication. So like right now we're working through this together. Being on medication freed me and it gave me the strength I needed to learn my coping mechanisms. So now I'm ready to do that without my medication. And so these routines are vile. And so it's also pausing when I want to react to life. So like, I get mad easily. It's fine. But mm -hmm. before the big blow up, like let's sit down and like, let's think about it in my head and taking deep breaths. Um, I finding time to go to the gym because that's also like another timeout time. It's, yes. it's weird, but it's finding those moments for yourself throughout the day and making sure you can get it. You're the most important person in the world. You're the most important person you can take care of. And the end of the day, like you have to like the person you are. Mm -hmm. So like, you can't find that in other people. Like if I divorce from my husband and he takes the kids and takes everything, I'm all I have. So it, like, yeah. it's just important to remember to take care of me throughout the day. And that's the thing that gets me going. If it's putting makeup on, Jim, it's cute. Isn't yes, getting <laughs> cute. I find it as as a as a beautiful exercise of like self-care and kind of like a form of therapy is to to take time to get cute, but not like you need to get cute, but the time to be like touching yourself, touching your hair, mm -hmm. taking care of your hair. If you do your nails, it's nice to be like, okay, I'm going to take care of these one by one. Te quiero, te quiero, te quiero, y te quiero linda, you know? So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's nice to have that time to yourself. And it's very confidence boosting also, even when you get a cute outfit to go to the gym. I feel like people are more encouraged to go out when they have a cute little fit. There's people that are different, having a good playlist. Yo soy mucho de playlist. Si, yo, si tú me pones a mí una bachata, you best believe I'm going to do this workout and it's going <laughs> to be fun. So, yes, doing the right things um, and understanding yourself and how you function. So when you say being on medication free me, tell me about that. What does that mean? Because there are some girlies out here that might be going through the same thing and might be, I would love to, you know, it, that phrase. I love it. So tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, when I started this journey, I did therapy in my early 20s and then I stopped. But all, it's because, you know, life got in the way. I became a mom. I got married. You know, life happened and I just didn't find mm -hmm. time for it. And while I didn't find time for it, my anxiety and depression evolved into that bipolar. So now, like you talked about those highs, I was having those highs, I was having these lows. And I didn't feel like me anymore. And so I went out and I found a great psychiatrist who's absolutely changed my life. And, you know, we got on the medication and for the first time and who knows how long being on that medication made me feel good. It made me feel like Mia. Cause like this, I felt like a monster yelling at everybody and being crazy, but I was like, but I know that's not me. It's just mm -hmm. my brain was at, I mean, you saw this, that's where you study. Like, yeah. you know, like, my brain just couldn't handle it. So being on that medication, it freed me. And so I knew from the long term, I told my doctor, it was like, I don't want to be on this medication forever. And she goes, that's fine. If you don't, I recommend you do. But if you don't want to do that, let's make a plan. Let's get on this medication. Let's learn coping skills. So at the time I got the therapist. Um, and so we like went through routines. We talked about like what to do when you get really angry because being on that medication freed my mind from being stressed and always going at a hundred. It allowed me to practice the coping mechanisms and to learn how I needed to be so that when we got off the medication, I knew what I needed to do to like, and again, this worked for me, you know, what I needed to do to be okay, to feel like me, because at the same time, the medication was also stealing who I was. I wasn't as bubbly as I used to be. It almost like zend me out too mm -hmm. much but it's what I needed and, and I knew like I just got to stick it out I, I knew it so we did it for a year 
And I was on a really high dose. I was like on 200 milligrams of lamothrigine. My hair, I was losing my hair. It was, the physical effects were awful. And I knew it, but I was like, but if I got to stick it out, I got to stick it out because like, no me puedo poner mensa. I need to know that this is what I need to do. And at some point I lost my, my part, parts of myself on that journey in the sense of I started relying on the medication too much. And I was like, no, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. And it freed me. I mean, it did free me. So when I finally in December was like, I'm ready. He said, if you're ready, let's do it. So we dropped it down until I was able to come off of it. You know, we, not that you need to do that. We just did it for me and her because we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting here. I'm like, I feel so good because I learned everything I needed to do while I was on the medication so that I could be fully liberated. And then it's okay if you also want to be on medication the rest of your life. It's just for me, I I knew I didn't want to because I'm also like a health nut and I love, you know, I'm like the organic, I try not to take medicine. So for me, I knew that's not what I wanted to do, but it freed me. And I would do it again. If I felt myself losing myself, I would 100% get on medication again. There's something so liberating about, like you said, understanding it's not you. And that is just like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. You said it best, but it's like, this isn't who I am. This mental health is making me that way. And the medication sets you free. It, it just like, you know, like, I'm going to call it a monster. You know, it's not, but you know, like it just detaches you from that. So where you're free, you're you. It feels yeah. good to be you. Exactly. And it's, it just takes a little understanding of what's in about, like you're, as they say, it's kind of, this is the way that I understood mental health and, and um, like the diagnosis process and everything is kind of, you went through something that changed the way your brain works. Your brain sends signals and makes chemicals and those chemicals make reactions. So you act a certain way because of what you went through. You need to pick up some slack with some therapy And with the work that you do with yourself, understanding your habits and making the right changes. And you need to pick up the other slack of what you can't really do yourself, which is what's biological, you know, what's in you, medication. That's why there needs to stop being a stigma around medication. It's, 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 it's work that people put in to help you. If they wanted to hurt you, Trust me, they wouldn't make it accessible. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't. They wouldn't touch on this. They would let you rot, you know. So it's really important to, for everyone to just stop looking at medication as something, some kind of terrible thing, like giving into all these chemicals and all, and, and like giving into the big pharma. There's bigger things that they're doing that are affecting people, and this is not it. This is not it. Um, so on to um, other things, because we want to get to know you a little better. Um, I'm going to ask you a few little questions, little questions, Sash, for us to just get to know you. And as I said, some of them might be a little deep, some of them might not, but I'm just picking off of like this long list because there's so many things that we could get to know about you, but I'm picking whatever I see looks nice because, um, you know, just want to leave knowing a little more. So, um, first question, tell me about what has been your greatest failure? Ooh. <laughs> you know, I think my greatest failure is that I definitely could have been a better daughter. I think at some point I ended up with so much resentment towards my family. I have a lot of like mother wounds and <laughs> I mean I, we that could be like its whole thing by itself but we won't do that and I almost feel like at one point I just made it my personal mission to make her life as awful as it could be because it's like if you're going to be this terrible to me to me you're going to wish you're going to wish I wasn't your kid and so now right. that I'm older like you know I feel like my relationship with my mom will never be the same I'll never be as great as it could be and it's like I, I could have been a better daughter. I could have been, she could have been a better mother, but this isn't about her. This is about me who could have made the effort to have been a better daughter and been more understanding. 
I totally, literally, that would have been my answer. <laughs> that would have been my answer. Like, it's gotten to the point where on Christmas, my dad sits me down to tell me, I need you to not this year. I need you to not because um, you guys fight way too much and you know how to hit each other's buttons and mm-hmm. exactly which ones. And I'm like, it's not me, but it sometimes do be me. It's just yeah. sometimes I, I, she knows what button to push and I'm not here to take your BS. I'm not going to sit here and be like, okay, yeah, mom. No, that's not the generation we have. Like we had this argument of not argument, but, um, like conversation over Christmas with a bunch of family members. Um, and, it basically like went like a few of us sat down and we were like, it's crazy how the older, like our parents are telling us, Tú tienes que quererla como es. you got to love her the way she is. She's always been like that. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I'm, I sat, I, I had enough. And I said, I'm sorry, but I and my other family members are part of a generation that we do not take your BS. I'm sorry, but I'm not letting you slide. Just because this is the way you are, it doesn't mean that this is the way you should be. I'm not, mm-hmm. no, I'm done with it. You are just crossing a line and I'm not going to let it slide just because you are the way you are and you have been. It's because those people who have let it happen, I'm done. I'm not sliding with that. I will call you out. So, and then I'm the bad guy, but <laughs> I'd rather- yeah guy and protect my energy then 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 be la pendeja so you know we're gonna go with that but okay next question so um what is a skill that you hope to learn and why do you want to learn that oh you know what i've been really working on is budgeting and I know, that's a skill right and I think it's because you know I yes. grew up poor and and grow I was you know as a first gen or at least for me like my parents weren't financially savvy so I never grew up mm-hmm. with that so now I'm almost 30 years old and I'm like I should probably be learning to like invest and I have to like really budget because it's like how is it that I'm successful and I have all this money and then I still sometimes feel like I don't have money like I'm doing something wrong so I've been really yeah. working on that to, you know, that's also a other segment. Of course. <laughs> and there is, there are Latinas helping us. Um, I met with one, I think it was Jen Lara and um, she is like a financial advisor. And honestly, the best thing I got, the best phrase that like kind of got in my head was money is energy and you mm-hmm. have to attract it. You know, so I, I love that. But budgeting is not easy. It is a talent. And I grew up around that as well, Um, where I just didn't learn. I don't know about money. I don't know about I'm learning now by myself about taxes. I'm learning now about like in, interest and and investing. And it's just like it has definitely put a, a dent in my in my current, you know, situation because I don't know how to manage it. And it's gotten to the point Mm -hmm. where now I'm writing down every single cent I have to my name. So budgeting, girl, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. I found this cute little notebook at TJ Maxx. Um, It's like a calendar. And the first two pages is a habit tracker and a budget tracker. And the budget tracker has like literally everything I needed. And it was like an $8 notebook for the whole year very cute so highly recommend I put everything down there and I've already seen some savings so writing it down maybe it's the first step that wouldn't hurt to look at it I'd be like (laughs) but anyways okay so another question I have um how do you measure success and why I know that a lot of times we are influenced our success and what we think is success is measured by like how we grew up and you know what our parents thought was success so has that changed for you and if so what does it mean to you now oh that's kind of hard how do I measure I feel like I'm doing interview questions like (laughs) 
Oh, I'm going to get Good hired. Job. I would not wear a job interview. Oh. <laughs> um, how do I measure success? You know, I'm really corny back to the mental yeah. health thing, but I'll, I measure success based off how I feel. And I think it's because, you know, you can get promotions and be miserable in your job. So like emotionally, you're not successful, but like outwardly you're successful. And then sometimes, it, I mean, sometimes it really is just like, the small things it's like I did this and I feel better so it was worth it it was successful to me and sometimes that success does come with like financial benefits or like oh I got a new car or you know or things like that I just like you said everything is energy and it's an exchange and it's like so if I did this and I feel good and wow you know what but we can go a different direction like with drugs and stuff but that's why I said there's other, <laughs> there's like other things you know <laughs> It's like, do I feel good? And was it good for me? And it had a positive effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Awesome. I know. Awesome. No, girl, that's you. That's you. That's awesome though. Um, I want to jump into, um, as we're wrapping the episode more about uh, what can you give us, us Latinas to help us given the experience you have, you have a very important job and you have a job that, that you're very proud of and what can help us kind of get to where we want to go. Um, especially us in the Latina train that you kind of, we all have like a little bit of a, you know, similar ground of like supporting each other and getting by and getting through to the other side. So what's something that you could tell us or even, you can tell your younger self. I have two nuggets of advice. And I have, just to give you some background of how important these nuggets of advice are, I graduated college on academic probation. Oh no, girl, I barely graduated. I think my GPA was a 2.0. It was awful. Um, I don't know how I graduated. So shout out to me for doing it. That all. And I've had this incredible career. I've been a creative director, marketing manager. Now I oversee two countries in their marketing. So like take this from someone who is quite literally, you would have looked at and never thought that they'd be this amazing in their career and in their personal life. The two nuggets is always bet on yourself and trust yourself enough that you know that this is where you're supposed to be, that you trust yourself to get yourself to where you need to go and where you want to be. Just keep going. Trust in yourself. If everything goes to the ground and burns and everything, you know, it just, I've been there. I've been a rock bottom where you feel like I'm never going to get out of this. Have enough trust in yourself. Bet on yourself that you can do it and you would be amazed. And then the second one is to, it always goes together, let someone else tell you no very very frequently we are scared of failure so we don't even want to try but half of these incredible things I've got to do in my life and even in my career is because I had the courage to just do it anyways and quite literally for like the role I have now when it became opened I pinged the person because the person got promoted I pinged them and asked them about it and they're like oh my gosh you should apply So imagine if I would have not done that, I wouldn't have this amazing opportunity. So let someone else tell you no, apply for that job. If you're not qualified, the company will tell you, open up that Mm -hmm. business. I mean, if it ends up failing, okay, but at least you tried. Don't stop yourself from trying amazing things because you'll never know what's going to come out of it. You know, like just do it, bet on yourself and let someone else tell you no. I love that. I love that. I had a boss actually tell me the second one because I put myself on a place where I was like, I don't think I can do that or I don't think it's going to go very well. And he said, let me be the judge of that. Let mm-hmm. me let give yourself a chance. Let me be the judge of that. OK, that is awesome. I love those. I love those. I love them. That's awesome. <laughs> so um, you are a very wise person. Very Ooh, wise. Yes. So. Um, <laughs> 
what is there someone that has inspired you to be this wise or someone that you would say this person if it weren't for them I wouldn't be where I am no it could be you know what I I yeah and I'm gonna be very honest in saying that like nobody ever came to save me my parents didn't you know it just nobody all of this is quite literally from personal experience you know ever since I was young everyone's like oh you're such an old soul and they're like ha, ha, ha. it's the trauma <laughs> literally I've gotten that so many times it's the trauma <laughs> the trauma thank you thank you gracias mucho para reminding me but I'll, yeah and that's why I said like this experience you went through are important but you know it was myself and then I met my husband and he was on this similar journey um he is like a very beautifully tragically backstory and it was kind of like we were you know like partners like hop in let's do this together come on barbie let's go party um and we we always say that nobody came to save us we saved ourselves and that's why i'm telling you sometimes you're your only person in your corner and that's why you've got a bet on yourself have your own back (laughs) exactly because at the end of the day you came to this earth alone you're leaving alone ain't no one gonna go with you everyone's gonna bury you and watch you and then leave (laughs) yeah so yeah yeah I agree that's awesome and how like uh, how have all these trials and tribulations helped you guys get closer together like did you guys um, learn from each other about kind of like coping with all these changes yeah I think when you marry someone who understands from a certain perspective and angle because you know everybody's experiences are unique to each other um it's very easy to be like well I've been there so like come on we're okay we got this it's being your own advocate each other's cheerleaders and just finding someone that you love but then also your team player and hold you accountable and it's just really good to be with someone that's on that path with you in that same journey because it's weird how you will experience the same things at different times so then you can go back and give the advice but it's completely it is it is strange it's one of the things you have to live it's like okay I know we're in the same household but I just did that two years ago so I've got you remember we've done this we've been here before and we've gotten through it exactly oh that's beautiful how long have you guys been married um, so I'm not supposed to hold a marriage, so I don't really know. <laughs> um, I think we've been together eight years. Uh, don't ask me wow. how long we've been married. I don't even know when <laughs> got married. And it, it, it's been a long time, but like it feels, the relationship feels very young. It feels like we've been together maybe one to two years. It's been, I'm married to the most incredible person ever. Definitely Aww. got blessed, but yeah. But, uh, that's awesome. maybe I can I'll insert a joke about being trauma bonded yes <laughs> being trauma bonded I love that <laughs> and how has like I know we were talking earlier about our families because um they'd be the most backstabbing anyways so is there um <laughs> yes is there something that you can help us Latinas learn about um about that because I feel like we all kind of go through that there are some um exceptions and we're very happy for those people but a lot of us um go into these family functions and we're just like I really want to (laughs) leave you know that but put your boundaries down you know I have a family who they're they're my biggest haters and it makes me sad because I'm the biggest cheerleader so the biggest thing for me is I set my boundaries also I limit how much access they get to me and to my life and a big part of that is like I have the Facebook I have an Instagram I be I don't use it at all anymore but before I did I limit what I put on there anyways I believe in a whole people can you know bad vibes people can steal the goodness from you so like Mm -hmm. this is my disclosure anyways to guard your space but with my family I've set those boundaries so it's like on social media you only get a little bit um Mm -hmm. um if you I just wouldn't tell them everything or if I had something good coming I wouldn't tell them until it was already here and guaranteed and set in stone because then I know you can't touch it 
you know, but I mean, mommy, she has to call me and be like, what's happening? I haven't heard from you in a long time. And even then it's, I just limit what I give her. And it also makes me sad because I do love my mom, but I'll just guard your space. And then, like you said, I don't want to be here. If you're an event and you've had enough and they're in your energy, they're in your space and you don't like it and you don't feel comfortable, love yourself, respect yourself. I need to go. And if they complain, I don't care. I need to go because I've been there too, where I get mad and it's like, oh no, I don't care. I need to go. I respect myself enough to know that I'm not okay right now. And you know, the vibes are off and I need to go. Exactly. There are times where you just need to, to say, you know what? I think I'm more important. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm hitting out. Yeah. And you got to be strict with them. You got to, you got to put your foot down and and it can be hard for certain people because manipulation can be really tied, really, really very Mm -hmm. well managed and very well thought through, but you need to be stronger than them. And that's, that's something that I think um, we're about to build a lot of us with this movement. So I'm very, very happy that I have met you, Amy. I'm so glad that you were here and I wish you literally the best. And I, I'm gonna hit you up. I'm gonna hit you yes, up. Yes, prima. I need, I, at first I need to get me my pulsera because I have one, but it, it's, it's, I need a new one. It's, it feels like it's got enough negative energy and I think it needs to go. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm gonna get me my pulsera and um you guys make sure to follow her on tiktok a-m-s-e-x-t-o-n underscore a-m sexton underscore this is a beautiful girly that i spent some time with today we talked about mental health we talked about our jobs and it was just such a good time and i look forward to having you again and um yes i think it'd be fun and um if there's anything else you want to talk about or give a shout out to our girls. I just want to say primas for everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're in such good company on such an amazing podcast. If you're nervous about being a contestant or a panelist, don't be primas. I mean, this is going to be the most incredible time of your life. We all have these experiences and stories and they're important to share. That's also how we preserve history is how we learn. So go to her link, follow her. I want to hear what you guys have to say too. Yay. Thank you so much. Yes. uh, Make sure to follow me at Instagram at Chico. We got this underscore pod as well as TikTok under the same name. And you can join this podcast yourself by checking my link tree on the first link. Very easy process for you to join me so we can have our chica time and talk about our lives. So um, thank you so much, Amy, for being here. I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.